the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is, say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation and preservation and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, bankruptcy law, because it's all about the money. I also practice some related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And with these areas of law as my reference point, as they relate to the personal, familial, community and small business areas of finance. I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat and also helped create another one with my former military spouse, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system. And this is especially the case after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I shared with you before, because of I had the great fortune, and believe you me, the great fortune to spend a lot of time and actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived what I still to this day believe are the four great economic challenges of the 20th century. That is to say, they lived through and strived in the Great Depression, World War II, 
and the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. And because these women helped raise me and loved me and shared with me the stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me and always urging me on that when the situation is right, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and those who are disabled who find themselves the targets of and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, again, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as it relates to your money and more and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your own or your family's or your business's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. However, I must once again, as always, ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances, your assets, or your debt. So, today I want to talk about my first true love. Now, those of you who listen regularly to this show uh, know that I am a big daddy's girl because when I needed him most, even though I had not lived with him since I was five years old, when I reached out to him at age 13, in response to a letter I wrote to him telling him how unhappy I was, He sent me $500 and an airplane ticket, along with an invitation to come stay with him and his mother for a week or a month or for the summer or for as long as I wanted, including up to the the rest of my life. So although I will always love my dad for his love and unwavering support, of me as I transitioned from a young lady to a fully grown woman, he's not the topic of this discussion. And as I've shared with you the story of my surprise pregnancy at age 17 that came about with the able assistance of the first man I fell in love with and who loved me back and who ultimately became my spouse and then my former spouse. And Although I will always respect him for taking care of me and our child and for being a good father to our child, even after our marriage ended, he's not the topic of this discussion either. Throughout these shows, and I've been on now for several years, I've shared with you all my lifelong love of the acquisition of knowledge and the truth, especially in the areas of science and history and God and the universe, including my learning the unvarnished truth about the United States, 
as well as its history and that of the United States Army and how my family's intersection with the United States Army enabled me to live a middle-class American dream of a life and obtain a quality education that has enabled me to take care of myself in our white male-dominated capital-based capitalistic financial and economic system, notwithstanding the fact that I'm a black woman. So as it's strange as it seems, I guess my first true love is the intersection of my father's and my former spouse's chosen profession as men of arms in the United States Army. Now, when my dad was born way back in the 1920s, there were three basically only three careers open to an educated black man. They could be teachers, they could be preachers, or they could be soldiers. And my dad chose the latter and distinguished himself in the Korean conflict. And although President Truman is credited with signing Executive Order 9981 that formally integrated the armed forces on July 26, 1948. And that the first article of that executive order stated, and I quote, there shall be equality of treatment and opportunity for all persons in the armed services without regard to race, color, religion, or national origin, end quote. It would take many more years for the executive order to become reality. Now, according to an article written by Walt Napier of the 514th Air Mobility Wing, Air Force guy, published on July 1, 2021, in the Air Force Military News, uh, which is located at af.mil forward slash news forward slash commentaries, according to Mr. Napier, President Truman was especially moved to issue the executive order by the story of a young man, a gentleman by the name of Isaac Woodard. Now, Woodard had been arrested, beaten, and blinded by South Carolina police officers on February 12, 1946. Woodard had been honorably discharged from the Army only a few hours prior and was still in his uniform when he was attacked so brutally. Now, despite the order, the president faced pushback from many leaders in the United States military. The leading generals argued that officers would not promote or send black troops for schooling that they needed to in order to advance, while their white counterpart would become violent um, due to being forced to work with and serve with blacks. The recent experience in combat, however, had shown that this was inaccurate, as the majority of white men and officers who fought with black units reported they, the black troops, performed admirably and would 
not have the issue of serving alongside them in the future. White units which had not served with black soldiers tended to reflect the negative racial views that the general feared, but those who actually served with them didn't have those fears. Now, despite the vast array of studies conducted during World War II and despite the executive order, it would take many more years for there to be uh, integration. In fact, the first uh, branch of service was the Air Force. It integrated in 1952. So um, the military branches, including the Army, followed, and uh, it was in 1954 in November that the Army finally was integrated, and it happened to be the same year as Brown versus the Board of Education uh, became the law of the land, and a little girl named Selwyn Whitehead, who was Selwyn Jackson then, came onto the scene which is why the U.S. Army is my real first love and why I'm sorry to report to you that many of our young enlisted service members are becoming so saddled with debt that it's becoming a problem that's inhibiting both their ability to grow financially and for our service to be ready for anything that might befall us. So that's what we're going to discuss today. Why my first love, the military, needs to add financial literacy to its basic training curriculum. But first, we'll take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we discuss my first love, that is to say, the Army or the military in general, and why I believe the military needs to add financial literacy to its basic military training curriculum for all of our troops. In his article entitled, Where Military Paychecks Are Prime Targets, an entire financial ecosystem surrounds our nation's military installations. Um, and it goes on to have a subtitle. It's a perilous landscape for young soldiers with little financial experience. And the article is written by Ron Lieber, and it was published in the New York Times on June 30, 2022, and updated on July 1, 2022. In his article, Mr. Lieber states, go out gate five at Fort Campbell and Jenna's adult superstore is right across the street. On the other side are easy ways to lose your shirt. Turn left, there's a casino. Turn right, there are miles of businesses catering to or preying on financially inexperienced soldiers with money in their pockets for the very first time. The wide boulevard along Fort Campbell's front wall is lined with places to get into debt or worse. There are used car lots galore and Cash America Pond. Then there's Omni Military Loans, various check cashers and storefronts that invite soldiers to sell their plasma. On it goes along the main thoroughfare named for the Army Post, 
the center of an ecosystem that thrives on government paychecks and not knowing how to manage them. For soldiers, sometimes still in their teens, the dozens of financial services operators that surround Fort Campbell and other military outposts are a gauntlet to run every time they step off the government property. The results are alarming. The Post's own newspaper reported in recent years, 40% of its soldiers had at least one predatory loan. Often, they owe the loans to business owners who were once themselves in the military. Now, the Department of Defense, regulators, and elected officials are well aware of these perils. Financially troubled soldiers may not be at their best, and money problems can cost them security clearances that are crucial for their jobs. So for decades, the government has fought to fend off cheaters, charlatans, and others who wish to get their claws into military paychecks, and I might add, ruin the lives of these young, vital servicemen and women that we need to protect us. As we know, we live in a world that's not safe. Now, and while there have been victories, many continue to thrive, these bad businesses. So, you know, watchdog agencies are deeply concerned And this month, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, issued a warning about so-called allotments, a system that allows lenders to siphon off money directly from the soldier's paycheck. Okay, so let me me tell you about allotments. That is like a a, a prepayment card uh, that um, the soldier will submit to the pay office and the money comes off the top of the soldier's paycheck and it, it, they are sold uh, this vehicle, this method for paying back a debt because it's painless. But I'm going to share with you a, a, a little bit how painful it actually is because it is a, an illusion, the amount of pay that the average soldier gets, because some of the money is paid if they live off post, uh, um, and, uh, and if they live on post, the money is not even added into their paycheck. So I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. So the problem is this. And like I said, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is an agency of the federal government whose job it is to monitor financial entities' activities as they impact us as consumers, as financial services consumers, and, you know, let Congress and the president know what's going on and also provide us as consumers with warnings. And so they're concerned about this allotment system. And it uh, published a report. Uh, noting that service members' complaints have arisen towards the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau by 19% between 2019 and 2021. The majority of them related to debt collection 
and credit reporting that tracks those debts. So our young vital servicemen and women are having their financial legs cut out from up under them as they start, which is sometimes the first job they ever had and the first time they've been away from home. Because many of these service men and women, and I'm not being disrespectful to my former spouse, but they grow up in small towns and you know rural communities and sometimes living in the big city out in the world. Uh, in the military, is the first time that they intersect with people who are not their friends or close relatives. And as we know, Sometimes even our close friends and relatives want to take advantage of us financially, but business really like to um, uh, take advantage of young servicemen and women who are sometimes far away from their families. Now, with prices rising on almost everything, including cars and food and gas, the opportunity for lenders to profit from military personnel has only grown as such uh, consumers are being... (laughs) even more enticed as the branches of the armed forces increase sign-up bonuses and better uh, uh, to better attract recruits. And so do you know that sometimes um, a, a signing bonus can be $50,000 or more to an 18 or 19 or 20-year-old who might be very bright and have a bright, bright future, and that money will just go out the door. Now, attempts to address the problem run into an unavoidable obstacle. Young and financially inexperienced military uh, uh, members are an ideal client, in quotation mark, for these charlatans. They are not highly paid, but their jobs are basically guaranteed. And as such, uh, these charlatans know that the cha- Paychecks will arrive like clockwork and their allocated payment will come out. And here's why. For example, uh, an E-4 with less than two years in the Army and is single has a base pay of $28,720.80 per month. They get tax-free housing allowance of $16,812. They get a tax-free subsistence allowance of almost $5,000 for food. So with the deductions that they would get, it would appear that they have a salary of $53,375.07. Well, it, it equates to that would be an annual salary. But And that would be a really great salary for a single man or woman, young man or woman in their 20s. But that 53000 is an illusion because if you live on the post, you get free housing. You don't get to live in an, a barracks, which is just like a, co- a college dorm. And you get free food if you eat in a mess hall. So that wipes out um, $25,000. So your actual pay is about 28000 And that's about $2,300 a month. And if you're targeted by charlatan who want to separate you from your cash and you don't know what you're doing and you haven't been trained about money and finance, you're a pretty easy target. And what is the first thing that every young person wants so much that they think they need it? It's a car. And as reported in the Wall Street Journal on July 9th in an article entitled $1,000 Car Payment. And with high interest rates going up, 
some people are paying a thousand dollars a month for a new car. The average payment is around seven hundred dollars a month because of the high interest rate and other inflation. So, you know, if you have that money taken out of your paycheck before you see it, and then a couple of other bills, and you get a gambling habit, your um, twenty-three hundred dollars a month is going to go by the board, and so you basically. In the military, prepare to die for your country, and you're not taking home very much money at all, and you have inability to save anything. That's that's a shame, and we all should be willing to do something about it. So I say again, the military needs to add financial literacy to its basic military military training curriculum. And you know what? Some of us out here in the civilian world are ready, willing, and able to help develop a curriculum. People like me, or, or I volunteer, and I, you know, the same curriculum that I develop for my small business clients that I use with some of the nonprofits that I work with. So I'm just going to put it out there. Let me know if I can help. So we're going to leave it there for now, but as always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws that work with our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women, and Marines to help them maintain their financial viability while they protect us from those who would put us in harm's way. So until next time, please, because we still are in the midst of a COVID pandemic, I ask you to please keep your social distance, mask up, and wash your hands. Till next time, please take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.